I'm back. I will. Okay. Here's my in, in that case, welcome to the Classic Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Ring, and with me... We substituted Blake for a turkey this week. I, wait, what? We're that just makes me Blake. think of Age of Empires. Dude, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like Oh, my gosh. Robert. Somebody introduce yourself. I'm done. Hi. I'm Blake. I'm Blake. <laughs> I, I, okay. I thought I was Blake. God damn it. What have I, what have I done now? <laughs> oh, Robert. You're so fun. What sometimes. a way to start the show. We have that was alone in the chaos with our intro music. By the way, I think I forgot to say that the past few times. No, I think you said it late last time, but you said it every time, pretty much. Oh, okay, sweet. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. at least. But you still suck, so. Mm, yeah, that's okay. What you guys been up to? Anything cool? Mm. I'll take that as a no. I'm just thinking. Not really. I went up north for a couple days. So it was really nice. It was really chill and quiet. Oh, where'd cold. you go? Uh, up to Flagstaff. What's, uh, what's up there? Uh, hiking. Hiking right now. Cause it's really beautiful this time of year. Um, and it's just a nice... Because it's really hot here right now. Like It's like you know 105 during the day. And we're starting to get to the peak. And so we just went up there for a couple days to go hiking. It's legit. <clears throat> yeah. Blake, anything awesome? I don't think so. Um, I'm trying to remember the last time we did a podcast. I guess I celebrated my 10-year anniversary with my girlfriend. Hey, congratulations. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's, you're that's also, one, or? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to <laughs> model. Once, once yeah. you hit the 10-year mark, you yeah. go and you take it You take it back in and you say... At least refine it. You, yeah. You got like a free upgrade? <laughs> it's a free like upgrade. a cell phone? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> oh, my, uh, I'm, I'm guessing she she's also... not there right now. <laughs> no, she's not. Even if she was, she her and I make jokes like this all the time. She doesn't give a shit. She doesn't take everything way too seriously. In other words, yeah. Um, didn't you also have an anniversary of being alive? Uh, no, that's a lie from Skype. <laughs> oh, that's not your actual. Yeah, he said that. You hey, I said it in the chat. Do you ever actually read? He said that in the chat. You didn't. Uh-huh. Said it in the chat. It was it, he set that up on his account to avoid getting DDoS. He didn't put his real birthday on there. Smart uh, man. <laughs> I can't find it. Thanks, Robert. Anyway, uh-huh. uh, he did say it though, Robert. You're retarded. Okay, I, no, I believe you. Do you? You believe Blake? But you don't believe me? That's what's going on here. <laughs> Robert, you want hey, to? It's natural. This is, is pure it? natural thing. Is it? Robbie, see Mad Max yet? No, I have not. Okay. Do you want to say something, Robert, or just stand there and look? I watched. Uh, nope. I feel like I watched. Oh, I, watch, I started watching the Daredevil series. It's pretty good. I remember to watch that. Start to finish. I yeah, I really need to watch that. I've heard like the first, like the. Yeah, yeah, like the first episode. I was kind of like. Okay, this is okay. like the first episode is not amazing. Like it's like it's kind of one one of those episodes where it's like okay, this show's like it could have some promise, but I don't really know yet. But then once you watch the second episode, it's like okay, this is good. I can I can I can dig it. You want to talk about news? Sure. What's going on? Video, how about we do video game news specifically? Is that cool? No. Okay, yeah, that would be a good idea. I mean, okay. Okay. All right. I'll put my notes I gotta, on ISIS away. First off, uh, Thimbleweed Park. 
which we've been talking about. Uh, pop quiz, Jay, what's Thimbleweed Park? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you've been talking about it. That's that point and click by some of the people that worked on it. Blake wins. Yeah, of course yeah. he wins. Yeah, so Ron Gilbert and Gary Winnick, are, we've talked about this a while back, are making Thimbleweed Park, which is oh, yeah. like a, a basically a throwback to the old point and click adventure games made in that same style and everything. Um, they just, let me pull this back up again, uh, hired Mark Ferrari to do their uh, background art. He did the background art on Monkey Island and Loom. So that's pretty awesome because the art on those games is really, really good. And obviously it fits what they're trying to do. So I thought that was pretty cool that that little piece of news came out. Uh, anybody who's who likes those kind of games, this this should be good news to you because a big for me a big draw of those games was always like not just how well written and funny and everything they were, but like the art. I really like the art on those a whole lot. So that was good news for me to hear. The other piece of news we've got is I don't know if you guys have heard, but do we that, need a drum roll here? Oh no, okay. Well, you know we were talking about the video game Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um. A couple episodes ago, we talked about they had the 15 uh, nominees. They have announced the inductees now. Yeah, I looked at it earlier today, actually. So, uh, yeah, this was June 4th. They announced who the... This is the inaugural round of inductees into the video game... Or the World Video Game Hall of Fame. And just to recap, we'll go through the 15 finalists that they were going to choose from. Uh, World Video Game Hall of Fame finalists were Angry Birds, Doom, FIFA, like 90, from like 96 or something like that, The Legend of Zelda, Minecraft, Oregon Trail, Pac-Man, Pokemon, Pong, The Sims, Sonic the Hedgehog, Space Invaders, Super Mario Bros, Tetris, and World of Warcraft. You said that's so funny, Super Mario Bros. <laughs> like a frat. Uh, and actually, I want to see who, which one of our... Which one of us came closest with our list? Um, so the final six inductees were that they took from that list: Pong, Pac-Man, Tetris, Super Mario Brothers, Doom, and World of Warcraft. What do you guys? How do you guys feel about that? I'm okay with it, honestly. I guess. I, think yeah, they I mean, I'm all right with it. Pong and Pac-Man. Eh. Yeah, I guess, I'm not huge I, on them being like pinnacles, pillars of the uh, of modern gaming, of like what got us here. But uh, I I can understand it. Wow. So I which mean, one Pong specifically was, are you talking shit about right now? Well, like Pong. <laughs> I mean, and, I can uh, under, Pac-Man, basically. I can understand. I can understand them all. Like those weren't on the, my list when we when we did our our list for yeah. what we wanted to see. <clears throat> But like I like you know Pong basically kind of like the first video game, Pac-Man like was one of the first video games to really get huge popularity, and it's had pretty good staying power, I'd say. Um, I'm not a huge fan of either of them either. Uh, on my list, I think my list was Super Mario Brothers, Doom, and uh, we just did three when we did our list, and the other one was Space Invaders. Which didn't make it. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I could, I could, I, I, I think this is a pretty reasonable list. I'm really, obviously, really happy to see Doom and Super Mario Brothers on there. The others, I can understand all of them. I'm just happy that The Sims didn't make it personally. <laughs> that was the only one that I was really like. <laughs> no, you're happy that Minecraft didn't make it. That was the one that you. That did. too, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was kind of. I, I wouldn't say worried about that, but I was going to be disappointed if that was that made it in there. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. Like, with six games on that list, I guess that's a pretty okay list. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, like, like you said, to- totally it. totally understandable, all those, even if, like, they're not yeah. fixed, yeah. like, you can see why. I mean, they're understandable, I just don't 100% agree with it, that's all it is. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Um, and that's all the news, anything, anything that I'm uh, missing? Oh, there is a, uh, there's a big GOG sale going on right now. Oh, yeah, I need to look through that some more. Doesn't the theme sale start, too? Yep, it's Steam supposed to start, start, like, on the 21st. Say that five times, though. Steam sale starts, Steam sale starts, Steam sale starts. Steam sale starts, soon. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Drop some of those T's, and you'll be all right. Mom dropped so, so, God's doing a big sale where they're having, like, like, a ton of games on sale every day, and I think it's going to, like, the 21st or something like that, and it's already been going for, like, a week. Um... And so they got lots of games on sale, and also they're doing this thing where, like, let me let me see how it works again. Like the okay, so if you spend one dollar on the sale, um, then you automatically get a free copy of SimCity 2000. Oh, that's kind of cool. And, yeah, and then if you spend twenty dollars on the sale, you get a copy of Stalker Clear Sky, and then if you spend fifty dollars on the sale, you get a free copy of uh, Xenonauts. Wow. So I think uh, I'm gonna pull up my account. I I know I I obviously got SimCity 2000 because I bought some stuff. I don't believe I've unlocked uh, Stalker, but I've I bought a lot of games that are just like really cheap. This is what I've bought from this sale so far: uh, uh, Star Gunner, Wacky Wheels, Disciples 2: Rise of the Elves. Disciples 2, Dark Prophecy, and Galleons something. Flat Out, Flat Out 2, Sanctuary RPG, Blakestone, Aliens of Gold, Imperialism 2, The Age of Exploration, Imperialism, <laughs> Battle Realms, and Winner of the Wolf, and Super Frog. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, like, yeah. <laughs> Basically, like, whatever, like, I pretty much hadn't heard of almost any of these games. That's how I felt about it, honestly. That's literally what I was like, okay. Like, when I was... I'll, I'll, like, flip through the... Like, scroll through the games that they have on sale any given day and just kind of be like, oh, that looks interesting. Let me check it out. And if it's, like, a dollar fifty or something like that, I'm just like, fuck it. I'll, I'll try that for a dollar fifty. <laughs> like, it tells you something that I have bought this many games from the sale, but I haven't unlocked the game that you get if you spend $20. Mm-hmm. Like, these are all super cheap. That's really Anyway, cheap, yeah, so check out GOG. I, I think it's rotating uh, daily. Holy crap, I might have to pick that up. Uh, Legend of Grimrock 2 is on sale for, like, six bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, That's a, good a pretty big deal. The main reason yeah. I hadn't bought that yet is because it was um, 20 bucks or 25 when it came out. And I was like, yeah, I don't care that much. Yeah. I'm not going to play that for a long time. And now it's on sale for quite a bit off. 
Yeah, there's a yeah, lot of really great games on the GOG sale. Um, the I, like the only other one that jumped out at me that I don't already have was um, uh, Pillars of Eternity, Eternity Some Edition that they had on there. That's the game, but it was still like right forty bucks. Okay. Yeah, Pillars of Eternity. Yeah, that's the game you're playing a lot right now, Robert, right? Yeah, I guess what I've been playing. Then there's a lot of other great games on there. Um, not like most of them that stand out to me are non-retro. Desktop yeah. Dungeons, Lichdom, uh, Spelunky, Bastion. Dude, Spelunky, so many people play that like so many hours. Like I've, I've looked at my friend's Steam accounts and like that's usually a game <laughs> that a lot of them have the most time played. I've got 179 hours in it. I'm yeah. super burnt out on the game. I played a lot. That's of it. so crazy. I mean, that's your, your more definitely more your style game than mine, but it's yeah, still cool yeah. shit. But a game like that can yeah many hours. I got burnt out on that much quicker than Blake, but like I think Blake just <laughs> has more. Uh, you're you're more drawn to those types of games than <laughs> I am for the yeah, most part. For anybody wondering, Splunky is a roguelike platformer game. It's randomly generated, procedurally generated platforming game. It's really cool. But yeah, they've they've got a lot of uh, old games that they're selling, as well as like you just pointed out, lots of new ones. Like FTLs on here for like eighty yeah. percent off or something like that. And then they've got stuff like The Wolf Among Us and Walking Dead, uh, lots of stuff. Cool. And I think now that's the end of the news. Well, so, do we want to talk about the site that I linked up? Uh. Yeah, good. You, you you talk about it if you want to. All right. So uh, one thing that's going to help motivate me, I'm actually going to be trying to do like a weekly stream of one retro achievement. I will watch that. Thing. Um, and it's probably for this week. I'm, I'm probably going to try and do it tomorrow. I'm thinking maybe Thursday every week. I haven't decided yet, but uh, I want to start doing. There's this website called RetroAchievements.org, and what it does is they have a website. They have a database where you're able to. Go back and emulate. The only way to get this to work is through emulators and through ROMs. Um, the only way to get it to work is through those. And what you do is you go back and you play these old games. And they have a whole bunch of achievements set up for all of them. So, like, um, give me a give me a game. Like, uh, let's go with Chrono Trigger. Let's look at Chrono Trigger. Okay. Uh, if I can click on the right one, I clicked on Genesis games. Okay. <sighs> So they have a listing for Chrono Trigger in here, and some of the achievements are stuff like get your allowance from mom, win a bet at the race, uh, and then defeat one this certain boss, and an achievement for this boss and this boss. And then uh, it has a bunch of stuff for the side quests, and then they've got uh, they've got like a, a an achievement for every one of the different endings that you can get in the game. And then one for equipping all this stuff, starting a new game plus, uh, beating the final boss with uh, the mop weapon, uh, all this crazy stuff like that. Defeat spec, um, defeat Specu's ultimate form, which I've actually done before. That fight's hard as hell. Uh, solo the final boss. That sounds like fun. That sounds like right. oh, crazy shit like that, which is really, really cool. And it's got this for all sorts of different games. It's got it for Super Mario Brothers 3, where they have an achievement for getting a coin ship, and then they've got some other achievements for finding the um, the white mushroom in every world. And they've got ones for Super <clears throat> Mario World. They've got some for all like all the Castlevanias, Contra 3, Demon's Crest, which is again, I'm 
an excuse to play through that, I'm pretty much down. They've got some for Final Fantasy 2, Final Fantasy 3. This is 4 and 6 Japan, respectively. Uh, the Final Fantasy 5 fan translation for the Super Nintendo, um, Illusion of Gaia. Uh, I think, do they have, like, Shining Force and stuff on the Mega Drive? Blake, how do they verify that you have these so. objectives without just saying you did? Well, what they have is, um, to get these things to work, you have to use their official... Okay emulators you can find it under the download section on the site um and what it does is i assume it has a thing where it uh, probably like checks with their server that makes sense okay so you would have to be online um the the emulator itself might have its own database and it might be able to check offline i'm not 100 percent on this but they've also got like leaderboards and stuff on the website where you can see like such a percent of people have gotten this achievement in this game. If you're going look at, you could look at the achievements in that specific game, stuff like that. So, um, as far as I can tell, this is still really new and it's really, really cool because it's an excuse to go back and play some of these old games. Mm-hmm. The old Mario, old Contras and stuff. Um, just tons and tons of games that. It's like, yeah, I want to replay it, but I've replayed it so many times. But now it's actually got like a list of goals where people are saying, hey, if you go and do this cool thing, uh, it's like this is an achievement in that game. So it does have Fantasy Star 4, and it has Shining Force 1 and 2. Hmm. I'll look at Final Fantasy 7 and Tactics. Well, <laughs> they don't have uh, PlayStation. They oh, only go up to... Okay. They only go up to the 16-bit era, so they've only got, like, Super Nintendo, Genesis, and then they've got a bunch of stuff before that. They've got Nintendo, Robert. They've got old PC Engine games on there. Oh, yeah. As well. Oh, uh, they've yeah. got Game Boy Advance. They've got some old Game Boy stuff, um, which is really cool. All right. They're, never mind. There are not that many PC Engine games. <laughs> they've got oh. Castlevania, Rondo of Blood, Dragon Spirit, R-Type, Splatterhouse, and Vigilante. <laughs> So it's a pretty small list compared to what I was expecting. Yeah. This is, like I said, this is still really early in the site's development. There are still a lot of things being worked on. I actually watched somebody doing a stream on the official Retro Achievements channel on Twitch the other day, and the guy was trying to get uh, an achievement in Castlevania Bloodlines on the Genesis, where you're not supposed to touch the ground for this entire boss fight. And he got it, and then he didn't get the achievement for it, so it's glitched out right now oh, man. Um, and that happens uh, i don't know how often it happens but it is something that's going to happen because it's still very early there's still a lot of things being tested um but all the same i think this is a great this is like a great little tool a fun little thing for people like us that like to go back and play all these old games anyway yeah yeah i think it sounds i think it's pretty cool sounding so what's the website again RetroAchievements.org. Sweet. R-E-T-R-O, Retro Achievements, A-C-H-I-E-V-E-M-E-N-T-S dot org. How do you spell org? F-U. O-R-C. Org.org. All right. Um, I'm proud of you, Blake. Because Thanks, Jay right. never has Jay never has any extra news to add. Thanks, Robert. He has some extra news to add this time. Jake's going out there news and finding quite often, actually. You just call him he called you Jake again. Yeah. That's Did I do it again? Weird. Holy shit. That's really fucking weird. You know what else is weird? Whenever I'm visiting my sister, I start calling her and my daughter, I start getting their names switched up. 
Oh. <laughs> I get your daughter and wife mixed up a lot. Hmm? I get your daughter and wife mixed up a lot. Yeah, you what? do that all the time. Uh, is it... Okay, hold, I just saw a game under the Nintendo section... <clears throat> The NES section. Sorry, I'm just looking around for some stuff, and there is a Final Fantasy VII on Nintendo. What? This has got. It's got to be some kind of a fan made. Yeah, like port over thing. Port, yeah. And I mean, judging by the achievement list, this is an actual thing. I just don't know what kind of game it is. I don't know if it's a typical RPG. If it's, uh, it kind of looks like an FF1 mod, judging by the battles battle menu they have here. Sorry, I'll probably look into that and I don't know. That looks pretty bad. Okay. Well, we'll wait. You can give us an update on that next time. Yeah, definitely. God, there's just so many games here. Fuck. Little Samson. Like, I'm going to have an excuse to finally play Little Samson. Little Samson? What's that? Um, It was like the last game released or one of the very, very, very last when uh, development companies really knew what they were doing with the system and how to best basically make 8-bit pixel art and stuff. The game looks incredibly good for a Nintendo game. Like, it's gorgeous, especially for a Nintendo game. And the gameplay of it seems really cool. You ca- you have uh, It's like an action platformer, and you have different characters that you can play as. And they all play differently. And you switch between them in the middle of the stages. Cool. Yeah, I just pulled up some screenshots. It does look pretty good. Yeah. Well, you guys want to talk about uh, what you've been playing? Sure. Not really. What you've been playing? Do you want me to go first? Sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, actually, let me pull up the date it came out. Hold on one second here. Sorry, okay. it came out nine and a half years no, ago. No, came out ninety six. <laughs> I know. I knew it was like, okay, well then, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> no, no, I just want. I was just curious what year it came out. Uh, so I played uh, Bahamas Lagoon this week or the last. Oh, wait, what is it? Bahamas Lagoon? Bahamas Lagoon. Bahamas Lagoon, kind of like the summon. Well, literal the summon from. Oh, okay. Final Fantasy Uh It was for Super Nintendo. It came out ninety six. Obviously, developed by SquareSoft because those are the only games that I play. Um, so Bahamas Lagoon was. Blake, I actually want to ask you this. Are there many other games that have been made with the similar combat style that this has? I I've never seen one. That's why I was curious. don't know. Um, it's been so long since I even played it because uh, to start off with, look, that game never made it to the States, right? It was a Japanese-only release. I'm not sure. I've, I've only played it on ROMs. I've never actually played the... I've yeah, never had an actual cartridge for it, so... I can't remember if it was uh, Japanese only or if it was only if it just didn't come to America. Like if it went to Europe, maybe. Hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure that it was a Japan only release originally, and uh, there were some fan translations of it um, like seven years ago, maybe a little while back. I played I played it in early 2000s when I did play did it. Okay. Um, yeah. Like probably like ten or almost fifteen years ago now. Anyway, so it was a SquareSoft game developed uh, or it came out in 1996. Um, the the reason that I went back and played this game is because I do remember the combat system being so interesting and kind of unique that I wanted to try it again and see if I enjoyed it. Because um, I remember last time I played it, it was all it was was very time consuming, and it wasn't really anything kind of difficult for the most part. Mm-hmm. So Robert, this is this is how it works. Let me explain it to you, so that way you can kind of give an explanation around. So you know in Final Fantasy Tactics, you have that grid and you move around, you hit somebody, right? Yeah. 
Okay, so imagine that, but when you actually actually strike somebody in melee range, you go into a battle like regular, like Final Fantasy One style. So you move around the board, and then when you engage in combat, oh, cool. it goes into a battle similar to like Final Fantasy One or even like Final Fantasy Seven. And so you have uh, six parties of four characters on the board. And so when you get into combat, you obviously like you know you have different different uh, players. Now the reason it's called Bahamut Sagoon is because most of the story, or not not most of the story, sorry, but most of the gameplay is oriented around dragons. And so you, you, you start with a couple dragons and they're really weak, but you can train them and use items on them to turn them into different elements and make them stronger. Um, and there are certain ones that are incredibly stronger than other ones or like certain combinations because I chose all the bad ones and people were saying that if you do it the way I did, you're a very special breed. Um, <laughs> basically like I was like, oh, okay, I want to make a poison dragon. Like there's like these purple kind of fairy like dragons. And I was like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. They're just garbage. They're really squishy. They don't do a whole lot of damage. I heard later on, once they got higher level, they're a lot stronger, but the way that I did it was really, really bad. So the reason that I got kind of bored of it, I only played for about three and a half hours, and I finished four battles. That's it. Four battles. Because they <laughs> take... so I've been about three and a half hours. Holy shit. They're so fucking long. Because like, you get into a battle, and you can, you can use spells on people before you engage in actual combat, so you can kind of soften them up a little bit. And mm-hmm. if you have, um, like, let's say you engage with two parties of similar creatures or you have a party of, of the same type of creature, those creatures get more powerful. So you can kind of, like, get a leg up on your opponent. But every fight takes a while because it's not like you go into the combat, you hit two buttons, and then they die. Now, most of them are, like, kind of tedious, and there's, like, a little bit of planning you have to think about because, obviously, it's, like, a, an RPG-type battle. And so the fights just go on and on and on because you have to kill every single one of their parties and move around the map and stuff. But one thing I, I didn't get to experience myself, but I was like watching other people play as well, is there is some terrain interaction later on. You can use spells on terrain to make certain effects happen. I don't know huh. if they can be used to like hurt your opponents or anything, but I saw <laughs> there were people blowing up objects to like I guess it was part of the the mission and stuff. So like that seemed kind of cool to me, especially for a game that's that old that they actually had like you know terrain that was destructible essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for games that old that also do that, I believe Front Mission. The old front mission, well, I, the modern front missions probably do as well. But I think the old front missions had similar things, similar yeah. mechanics. It's so it's so cool to see that, like you know, because like obviously today it's like you can blow up anything forever and ever and ever. But for a game like this, it was kind of cool to see. Uh, so the gameplay is it's cool, it's interesting, it's very very slow. I think, in all honesty, if I played it on my phone, I would play it a lot more because like you know you could like take a dump and play a battle, or like you're waiting for you know somebody you're and you want to play a battle or something, it would be perfect. Because the fights take somewhere between, like, 15 and 30 minutes, depending on, you know, obviously. 15-minute dumps are are a pretty pretty big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The music's really cool. Uh, It's obviously a Square Enix game, so it's got to have good music to it for the most part. The storyline was a little bit boring, but the only reason it was boring is because it takes so long to get into it, because, like I said, the the fights take so long. It's, like, like unbelievable. Like, I, I read... Uh, after I finished, or after I stopped playing, I read a quick synopsis of most of the story, and I was like five percent of the way through the story. So I'm like, so I was like barely even into the story whatsoever. But from what yeah. I gathered, it, it's very basic. It's just like you know, you're you're a rebel against a certain certain uh, kingdom, and there's something to do with dragons, and the dragons have a key component or something like that. Like that was it's that sounds like a sick story. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Nineteen ninety six. <laughs> but um. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 it's so funny because like as I was playing it, I was like, I remember why I stopped playing. <laughs> it's just so slow paced. So, so, all in all, pretty Sounds cool game. Like it is. Um, I probably won't play it again for a while unless I play it on my phone. But it was it was pretty cool. I mean, I don't know. It, it, the, the combat is what drew me to it, and 
I got that out of my system, so <laughs> I probably won't play it again for a couple of years at least. Okay. Nice. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Good synopsis. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Robert. Thanks, Roberto. Who wants hey. to go next? Blake's going next. Huh? Thirty seconds going to. I didn't okay. say that, but I can. Um. <laughs> All right. Um. So I've been continuing my way through the Sonic, the old Sonic oh games, my. a little bit. Mm-hmm. I've been trying anyway. I haven't had a lot of time lately, not with uh, the anniversary and all that fun stuff. Um, But I got up to... uh, Crap. I've gotten all seven Chaos Emeralds. Did you really? Holy shit. Wait, those are the things you have to get from the bonus levels, correct? From the bonus levels. Yeah, yeah. holy shit. Some of those are really hard to get. Some of those are very hard to get, and I'm going to talk about that. Uh, (laughs) Did you use Quick I I might have... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way I can see that being conceivable. Uh, yeah, exactly. It took me like one of them in particular was really bad. Number six, or no, 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 the fifth one. Number six and seven weren't that bad to get. Uh, the fifth one though was uh, extreme frustration. But I'll get around to that in a bit. I made it to the zone where you were like up in the sky. Mm. I can't remember. God damn it! I kind of like wanna... with the floating mechanical things with the fans. Um. It there's like a, it's got vines. It's got uh, platforms hanging off of vines and stuff. I can't remember the name right now. I might screw around with it in a bit, but whatever. Uh, so far, it's a lot better than uh, Sonic One. I can tell you that much. Which one are you playing, sir? Sonic Two. Okay. All right. Um. So in Sonic Two, they introduce spin dashing, which isn't oh, yeah. that useful like I thought it would be. There's a few really? times where it's helped out. Yeah, like the, um, I've run along the ground at a couple enemies a few times. For the most part, not that big of a deal. Uh, and then the other time it's big is when you're just like, when you have to go through a loop-de-loop and you need to spin dash anyway. Uh, for the most part, oh, yeah. it's a lot of slower-paced platforming. It still has this issue. I think my biggest issue with the Sonic games is just that it's so zoomed in compared to huh. a Mario game. Uh, like, it feels like it's zoomed in one and a half times compared to a Mario game. Um, it, it, there's way, way, way shorter field of view compared to, uh, being able to read the level in Super Mario Brothers 3, Super Mario World, etc. And it's really driving me crazy. Cause, uh, you'll have a platform, like, if you, if you're riding a platform across something so that you can meet up with the second platform that you're supposed to jump to, those two platforms, they're small, but they're still taking up like the middle 50% of the, of the screen on the X axis. And it just like, you're just riding this one platform along and then all of a sudden, boom, the next one is jumping in the frame and you have to jump onto it right away or else it, you're going to be jumping too late because there's no time to react because of how zoomed in the camera is. Um, that's like the biggest problem I've been having with the, Sonic games is just that it's so limited compared to what I'm used to with platformers. And then, uh, the, I think the best thing to talk about with Sonic 2 is the minigame, which I like the minigames in this one a lot more than I did for Sonic 1. And when I say minigames, what I'm referring to is, uh, the things that you have to complete to collect the Chaos Emeralds. Ah, okay. In the first game, it's like... Isn't it just like sprinting? And it's like, like a slot machine. Oh. What, what you have to do to unlock, to get it open at the end of the stage, you have to collect 100 coins, and then when you touch the little spinny sign at the end of the stage, there will be a ring that pops up. And you have to jump in the ring, and then you go in there, and you do this mini game where you're like, 
the the stage is rotating and you have to move along with the stage like it's spinning clockwise and then there are buttons that make it spin counterclockwise and there are buttons that make other things happen to the stage what you have to do is you have to find where the emerald the chaos emerald is sitting and then you have to hit these gems that are in the way to remove them so you can actually reach the emerald it's very frustrating uh in sonic the hedgehog 2 what they do is that there are checkpoints in every level and if you have 50 coins when you touch the checkpoint the um like this little portal starts spinning above the checkpoint. You jump into that, and then you do this other really awkward mini game where you have to collect a certain number of coins. It, it's like you're in this half pipe, and it's an auto scroller. So the stage is just moving you forward all the time, and you have to collect a certain number of coins through each phase of the, the secret stage to get the gem. Oh, is that the is the that w- is that where it's like at the behind, like over the shoulder view? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's got this over-the-shoulder view. You've got Sonic and Tails. And the thing that I like so much about this is that uh, Sonic is just Sonic the Hedgehog. But Tails, that's not his real name. So every time they show his name, it's got the quotation marks. What? Around it. <laughs> oh, my God. I did not remember this until I got into one of those secret stages. Because it shows you um, you're controlling both characters in there. And each one is collecting coins. And then for in the top left, it has Sonic, and that's how many coins he's collected. And then in the top right, it has, quote, Tails, quote, and how many coins he's collected. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> that's really funny. That's awkward. That's, that's really awkward. I uh-huh. actually re- remember his name, Miles Tails Per Hour. Tails Mile Per Hour or whatever. Oh Tails Miles Mile Per Hour. Yeah, yeah that's so- his actual name. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do you, do you know the do – you, do you know the uh, – it's not hard to get if you think about it for a second, but have you ever noticed the yeah. joke about it? Or not the joke, but what they're doing. Miles per hour. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was like, oh, I got stage. it, guys. Wink, wink. <laughs> so the secret stage is just this <laughs> auto-scroller. But what's really frustrating about it is that you control Sonic and Tails. And so what the way that that happens is that Tails' responses, he's kind of like tethered to you. So if you move a little oh, yeah. bit to the left, just like an inch, he won't move at all. But if you move, if you jerk way off to the left, he'll be jerked along and he'll follow behind you. And you're supposed to get good at controlling him like this and using him to get some of the coins with the way that they're set up. Or some of the rings, excuse me. I keep saying Oh, I remember that now. And it's really, really frustrating because there are also traps set up on this half pipe. And if I if one of you hits that uh the trap, that character loses ten rings. Oh, because you have both. Oh. Uh-huh. So you're controlling both of them. And you're supposed to be using Tails to collect some of them. He's gonna be gathering some of them whether you want him to or not. And if he if you're trying to dodge the trap, what's gonna happen is that you'll react to it. You'll say, oh there it is, I gotta move off to the left. So you'll move to the left. But Tails takes his sweet time to follow you, and he's just, like, sliding along to the left. And then he slams into the little explosive mine trap, and he loses a bunch of his rings. And then you can't get the uh, the emerald as easily. It's really, really frustrating. As- aside from that, like, so far, the fighting, the fights against Robotnik have been terrible still. Uh, there was one stage. <laughs> he He has a hammer, and he's hitting some uh, totem heads. And shooting arrows at you out of those totem heads. All you have to do is, uh, when you enter the arena, the totem heads haven't come up yet. So all you have to do is stand on where one of the totem heads rises from, 
and it'll take you up to the top, and then you can just <laughs> jump on his head a bunch. Because what you're supposed to do is that when he hits the the head to have the arrow shoot out, the arrow shoots across, it l- hits the other totem head on the opposite side, and then you use that to climb up and jump up into him. But if you're just at the top of the totem head already, all you have to do is jump on him, land on the totem head. Jump on him, land on the totem head. And repeat until he's dead, and it's just very sad. Uh, the His fight in the second level is one of the saddest fights I've ever had in a game. Uh, he He literally tries to dump water on you. That's <laughs> the the worst part about that stage is that uh, the arena for the second fight against Robotnik is you're in the it's the chemical plant zone and you're you're <clears> at the, <throat> end of the zone and what happens is that you're on this platform that's hovering above the water and some of the panels of the platform flip and drop you into the water if you're standing on top of them all you have really have to do is stand in the middle and you're fine with that <laughs> so then off to the side Doctor Robotnik is dropping a pipe. A little like a little hose into the water, suctioning up some water and dumping it in a glass that he then tries to pour out on top of you. Can you do an imitation of the music for the boss battles? I don't remember it right now. Actually. Oh come on! All I can hear is like Emerald Hill Zone in my head over and over. Yeah, uh, I can't. Every time I try, all I hear is dun do 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 See, this is fine. Well, yeah. So, all right, the music is absolutely fantastic. All of the sound effects are really, really good. Like uh, popping open the little boxes that have rings in them or extra lives or boots and all that stuff is great. Um, the collecting the ring sound, the really good sound. Jumping into the warp zone is good. Hitting Hitting a checkpoint, the sound effect is really good. Like, it is... Crazy. How about drowning? <laughs> oh god, yeah, the drowning. I've been through oh, one man. of those levels. The music starts so quickly. Like you're mm-hmm. it starts when you're halfway out of air, I think. Uh which is fucking crazy. It scares the shit. That still today today to this day haunts me. It's, <laughs> and it's like I think each game second for the underwater stuff is like two seconds. So what happens is your air gets filled up to quote ten points. And then once it dips down to five points is when the timer starts. And so as soon as it hits that point, it's like like the first time it happened, like I had that same reaction. I started immediately stressing out. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm already drowning. Oh, no, I must have been around too much. In short, uh, by the way, I made it up to Hilltop Zone in Sonic 2. I checked while we were getting things fixed. Um, Basically, the short version is that the entire sound design of the game is fantastic, and I don't know how Sonic gets it so right. And there are so many other games on the system that sound terrible in comparison. Not even just in comparison, just on their own. They just sound bad. And then you play Sonic, and it's like, this is the kind of sound, this is the kind of noise that the Genesis would be capable of. I hear you. Yeah, the sound effects were nuts. Like, uh, just, like, the, like, when you get air, it makes, like, the whop noise. Whop! Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you point, you talked earlier about, the, like, the little, like, the checkpoints, the doo-doo. Oh, yeah. That sound. We hit those yeah. fucking lollipop-looking things. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then it spins around, yeah. and it gets all Doesn't it change colors? Yeah, it, like, um, it starts off unlit up, and then when you touch it, it turns on, it seems hey, like. Hey, like when flashing you touch it, it's on. And it's oh, yeah. It's not the only one. <laughs> Blake, stop <laughs> it. You're making me blush. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh, 
Sick of your shit, Robert. Does, um, I can't remember if we got cut off when I was asking you this question, but doesn't Tails do a little, like, thing when he's falling down? Like, if you fall down from real high where, like, he uses his tails as a helicopter and he, like, floats oh, down? Oh, yeah, like, if you get uh, separated from him, I guess I could talk about that a little bit. Oh, that's what it is. Um, yeah. In Sonic 2, as we talked about, they introduced uh, Miles, t- quote, tails, end quote, per hour. <laughs> I love the way you did that. (laughs) He's a character that follows Sonic around in the game, and it lets you do two-player. And in two-player, like, um, what Tails can do, Tails can fly. He's broken as hell. (laughs) He he can just pick Sonic up, fly into the air. Uh, Second player ends up breaking two-player mode, and it just completely breaks most of the boss fights. Because Tails can pick up Sonic... Fly him above Robotnik, wherever he is, and then Bonk. Sonic can jump off, hit his head, and he just repeats this over and over and over. It's really, really not well designed. Um, and then if you're not playing two-player, if you're playing by yourself, Tails is still following you around, but he is really, really dumb. He tries to help you out a lot of the time. He'll try to grab rings. He'll jump at enemies and stuff. But for the most part, he's just going to land on spikes. He's going to fall down pits. He's going to get separated and get himself killed all the time. Uh, in a single-player game, it's really annoying to have him back there, honestly, especially for the bonus stages where you're trying to get the crystal or the emeralds. Why do I keep doing that? I blame Final Fantasy. Um, <laughs> fucking element crystals, it. man. Uh, so he's just back there being a pain in the ass. In two-player, it makes a lot of sense. In one-player, it's just a big frustration to have him there at all. Doesn't he also use his tails as, like, a propeller when he's running fast? Um, yeah, when he's running fast, that's how he keeps up with Sonic. Sonic's feet move fast, tails spins his fox tails, and that's, that gives him extra boost. (laughs) Just... I don't even... <laughs> Blake just gets really <laughs> upset. It's fucking stupid. Blake, angry! I don't like it! I don't like it! Uh, that's right. <laughs> sorry, guys. Okay. I'm really sorry. I mean to offend everybody in this call. That's okay. Shut up, Robert. I'm used to it. Okay. Oh, uh, Alright. So, I played uh, Star Wars Dark Forces... Which is a, it's the first Star Wars first person shooter. It came out in, yeah, I did a little bit. First Um, person shooter? (laughs) I'm trying to remember, I want to look, oh, like, I want to say 93. Oh, yeah, so like, it's really, okay, 95 is when it came out. Um, and it's pretty much like, just a Doom clone. Uh, yeah, you're walk, so, like I said, it's the first Star Wars FPS, and the story is you're, uh, you are Kyle Katarn, which, he he actually became a pretty interesting character in some of the later games. Uh, he's basically like a mercenary, and the Rebellion has hired him to, like, do some stuff, like, steal the Death Star plans, and uh, do some things like that for him. And so it's like you infiltrating, like, uh, Imperial bases. And by infiltrating, I mean you fly your ship 
onto the roof of Imperial bases and it drops you off and then you storm it and kill everybody there. And that's pretty much the game. Like I, I didn't get very far cause I like this. I remember not really liking this game very much when it first came out. Like I, I didn't play it. Like it just never like grabbed me. Like it seems like, I mean, obviously we've, we've learned throughout the years that star Wars, First-person shooters can be very fun. This one just wasn't. Um, like, a lot of the mechanics and just, like, the gameplay itself... Well, I mean, I guess it is the gameplay itself that's the reason for that. It's not really... It doesn't really have to do with the story because nobody gives a fuck about the story. But, like... So, like, the shooting mechanics... Since you're shooting, like, lasers as opposed to, like, actual, like, bullet... Like, guns that shoot bullets like Doom and Wolfenstein and stuff like that... The lasers are kind of slow animated, so like it kind of loses some energy in that in that sense. And then like there's nothing really interesting that you do in any given level. Like I only got to the third level, and that was kind of like my point where I was like, after I played the third level for a little while, I was like, I'm just it's not like okay, I'm I'm done. Like I just <laughs> I'm not getting anything out of this game. I don't really want to play it anymore. Because, like, it's just you're going around shooting stormtroopers and Imperial officers, and that's almost pretty much the entire game. Like, so you're going around doing these things, and there, there's a there's a big emphasis on not just, like, going around killing guys, which is obviously a big part of it, but, like, to get through any level, it's not just like, all right, follow the path and kill everybody until you get to the end. There's a lot of, like, running around and trying to find keys and stuff like that, which there is in Doom to some extent. But it's usually, if I recall, it's been ages since I've played Doom also. Doom is fairly straightforward as far as figuring out, like, where you need to go. Like, you might come across a lot. Not all the time. There are some crazy levels, yeah. Okay, maybe not. Um, I I don't remember it so much myself, but I actually watched a friend of mine play through some of the old Dooms uh, on Twitch. And there are some times where shit gets really confusing. Um, like you have to find this secret room to find the key that is to a door that is also hidden behind a different secret room. <laughs> and in that secret room, that's where you hit a switch. And you, you, if you didn't look closely, you might have missed the door that that switch is going to open somewhere else in the level. <laughs> it can get pretty bad. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe it's not too different in that sense then. Um, like the combat just isn't really fun because like it's basically you, like, not even really ducking behind walls and stuff. It's just, like, go in there and make sure you aim fairly okay and shoot everybody before they shoot you a whole lot and take your health down all the way. Um, and, like, that's pretty much all there is to the combat. And then, like, the rest of it is, like, like I said, it's running around, finding a key, or just, like, finding a door, like, not even hidden doors, but just, like, tr- finding the right path that you're supposed to go on. Because uh, a lot of the levels are very, very confusing the way they're set up. Like, it's not, like, again, it's not linear, but it's, like, the complete opposite of linear. Like, it's kind of like a big, it's like a big circle, almost, with just, like, random doors and rooms and buildings and stuff like that. And you're just, and, like, it's really hard to keep your bearings as to where you are. And it's, a lot of times it's kind of difficult to figure out where to go. Um... I did find out that you could pull up a map that's like overlaid on the screen as you're playing, and if you 
if you I think you hit tab to do that. If you ever play this game, if you haven't ever played Dark Forces and you decide to, make sure you leave that up 100% of the time because that makes a huge difference when it comes to figuring out like where in the hell you're supposed to go to just to get through these levels. But like the thing is like none of like none of it is very fun. Like they don't really do anything to make the game fun. Like it's pretty cool that you're playing a Doom style game in the Star Wars universe, but like there are very limited variety there's a very limited variety of bad guys. And then like fighting the bad guys is not very fun and exciting. And then you're just gonna get frustrated because you're running around Eventually, you kill everybody, and then you're just running around trying to figure out where to go. So, like, on the third level, the one that I finally gave up on, there are these, like, you're kind of, you come across this, like, sewer-type area, and first of all, if you don't have your night vision goggles, or if, like, your power runs out on those, then it's a complete nightmare, because you're, like, trying to navigate around in the dark, and you can't see anything. But, like, there are these... There, there's this one part, and there's these four, or there's this switch, and you can switch it to four different positions, and each position opens up a different door, and in each door, you have to go through it and, like, I don't know, like, get something or, like, kill some guys, and then you, like, at the end of that section, at the end of, like, the area that that door leads to, you jump in this, like, sewer stream, pretty much, that's basically, like, like, you just kind of, like, ride the stream. Like, you have you have a little bit of control over your character, but not much. Like, you pretty much just sit there and let the stream take you back to the beginning, back to the same room that you started off in, so you can go back into one of... So you can hit the switch again to one of the other positions and go to one of the other rooms. But, like, when you're riding the stream for it to take you back to the beginning of the level, it takes, like, three... It takes, like, two or three minutes to get back to the beginning of the level. So every time you finish one of these rooms... You just have to sit there and ride into this dumbass stream until you get back to the main room again. Like, it's kind of indic it's it's kind of like that is like a representation of the entire game. It's just like you keep doing all these things and nothing like you don't actually ever really do anything fun. So not the best foray into the uh first person shooter genre for the Star Wars. For, for Star Wars, it did, uh, Dark Forces did lead to some really cool stuff, uh, the Jedi Knight series, especially, uh, Mysteries of the Sith, which is, which is really cool, it also has Kyle Katarn in it, and it really starts doing interesting things story-wise. Yeah, Kyle uh, was pretty much, like, the character for the PC Star Wars games, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one does have some characterization. Like, there are cutscenes and stuff in between levels. Um, and some of that stuff's alright. It's pretty cool. But, like, just the just the levels themselves are just... It's just... It, the game is simply just not fun to play. That's really what it comes down to. I would recommend if you buy this game that, that you buy it on GOG as opposed to Steam. Because I had it on Steam for a while. And I couldn't... Like, it was literally on... Well, not literally. It was basically unplayable for me on Steam because there were all these weird graphical issues. Uh, hmm. The GOG version, I didn't have any of those problems. Interesting. So just kind of yeah, a side note. Not surprising. That's... GOG's ability to port games or whatever you want to call it is usually pretty top-notch. Yeah, yeah, they usually do a pretty good job. And there are GOG games that, I've, that I have had trouble with before graphic-wise. 
usually I can figure it out. But with with this case, like I happen to have it on both. I, I happen to have both versions of the game because there was like one of those GOG sales where it's like if you choose to not like they'll have a bundled like a, they'll have like a bundle of games and like the bundle itself is on sale. And you can choose if you don't want to buy every game in the bundle, but if you, like, it's weird, like, if you choose, if you, like, deselect one of the games from the bundle, then your discount is not as high, and you end up paying more than if you had included that game. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, so, like, I kept it, so, like, I bought this just to buy this other bundle, and and when I already had owned it on Steam, and then I, I was like, I wonder if it works any better, and it actually did happen to work just fine, the GOG version did. So, just a side note, if, if you look in... If you want to test this game out, which might be worth it just for kind of <laughs> for, for history's sake, but once again, it's it's just not. A but fun you're game. not gonna have fun with it, period. Yeah, <laughs> you're not gonna have a good time. It's gonna be it's gonna be purely like textual. <laughs> you're gonna hate every moment of it, and I don't blame you. <laughs> you're gonna hate it. Have either of y'all played this game? Nope. No, but I have played, um, I played Jedi Academy, okay. so I think I played yeah, Jedi yeah. Knight and Jedi Knight 2. Okay. Because I think Jedi Academy is Jedi Knight 2, and I played the game before that where Kyle Katarn is still a star. Because in Jedi Academy, you play as a, like, your own character, quote, quote. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, and then I think Jedi yeah. Knight 1 is where you're still playing as Kyle. Yeah, that's right. Jedi Knight One, you're still playing as Kyle. It's much better than than this one. And also, uh, in uh, it also Mysteries of the Sith, which is an expansion to Jedi Knight One. That's oh. one of my favorite Star Wars games ever. Huh. It's got a really good story. But yeah, like in Jedi Knight, as you may be able to tell from the title, uh, Kyle Katarn starts to become a Jedi. So you have so you actually get to use a lightsaber, which in Dark Forces there's nothing like that. It's purely a shooter. Yeah, so that's that, part of see, it. And that that's the thing. Like there are these good Jedi, these good Star Wars quote FPSs, but no one cares about the FPS functions in it. It's all about uh, the lightsaber mechanics, which is why Jedi uh, Jedi Academy Two is so good, or Jedi Academy, yeah. not Jedi Academy Two. Jedi, yeah, Jedi Academy. Yeah, Jedi Academy, that was that was really good lightsaber use. Like they had the they had the lightsaber combat completely nailed in that game. Yeah. That's all I got. Dark Forces, oh. don't buy it. <laughs> don't do it, it's a trick. <laughs> it's a trap. Don't file for it. They're just gonna get your money. <laughs> You all uh, want to talk about top threes? With you? I don't know. Blake? Blake and I can. <laughs> Y'all can, and then I'll go after. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the best way to do it since, you know, I hate you. I'm just yeah. So our top three this week is... This is my uh, favorite top... one so far, by the way. This is, this the, was this really is my... Good. I'm glad about I, this it. Is, this is my weakest one. I think what? That it's yeah. probably my weakest, but it's still my favorite. I don't care. Oh, man. <laughs> I really enjoyed this one. I don't think it's my weakest, but I don't think it's strong either. I need my strong hand. <laughs> there so are just are, too many so, good ones that I know I'm forgetting. So it's uh, mini games. Our favorite mini games in video games. 
And I guess that's pretty much all we need to know, so let's jump into it. Uh, anybody, who wants to go first? Who goes first? I'll I go first. You. I'll go first. Yeah, I, went first with, I went first with the, the initial discussion. Do you want to go first with this one, Robert? Yeah, that's fine. My, let me pull up my list here, make sure I'm not screwed Whip up. Whip it out, Robert. Slap it on the table. So, <laughs> so like I said, I, I couldn't come up with a whole lot of good ideas. My first one I think is fairly strong, but overall my list isn't that great. My third one is, in Sam and Max, there are these gas stations, and at the gas stations you can buy these little games, and those little games function as mini-games within the video game. Uh, and one of the games you can buy is is basically I forgot exactly what it's called, but it's it's Battleship pretty much. Uh, and and you it's like instead of battleships, it's like little cars. Like there's a taxi and a hearse and a limo and stuff like that. And you place your cars on the board, and, it, and it's again it's exactly the same as Battleship. And you just play against the AI, uh, and you try to uh, destroy the other guy's uh, cars before he destroys all your cars. That Battleship is not, <laughs> yeah. Battle... <laughs> Battleship is not a really awesome game by any means. But back in the day when this came out, this is it was it was pretty cool, it was pretty cool for its time. Nice. And whenever you kill, whenever you destroy one of the other guy's uh, cars, he always like says he always uses some sort of alliteration like, "You totaled my taxi," or like you. Uh, you, uh, I don't know. I can't think of anything else. You canoodled <laughs> my car. Yeah, you canoodled my car. There you go. That's probably a direct quote from the game. Probably. I I, I looked it up. I totally did. Okay. Don't don't double check that. <laughs> Blake, what's your number uh, three? Um. All right, I want to give my quick honorable mention to this one just because it's – I don't know why, but it became a thing, and I was kind of happy about it, mostly because of how much I liked the game. But I'm going to say the loading screen in Symphony of the Night. Huh. Uh, what it was is that during during this era when PlayStation came out and uh, loading screens really started to become a thing, uh, some games, some companies like uh, Capcom uh, – with the Devil May Cry series and uh, Konami here with Symphony of the Night, made it so that you could mess with stuff on the loading screen while it was loading. And w- what they did in Symphony of the Night, it was there's this floating text in the middle that says, now loading. And it's floating there, but it's also moving. It's vibrating a little bit. And what you can do is you can like use the control sticks and make it vibrate and like shake even more so that it's taking up the whole screen. And uh, it was just this... Weird, cool little thing that I don't know why, but I really liked doing that. <laughs> um, but my real number three that I'm going to go with is going to be the treasure mushroom houses in Super Mario oh. Brothers 3. Um, <laughs> it's a really small thing. And I mean, Super Mario Brothers oh, 3 yeah. is full of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got like these uh, um, card flipping games yeah. where you have to match the cards. It's yeah. got this uh, roulette type thing where you like if you have to match up these different uh three different tiles and if you make all three uh match up for the right image they give you some extra one-ups at the end of each stage if you hit the uh what there's a marker to end the stage and when you hit that it gives you like a bonus card and if you match up three of those cards in a row 
back to back to back stages, then you get a bunch of bonus lives from that as well. Um, the but the best one in the uh, in the entire game though is the treasure mushroom houses. Yeah. Where you go into this place and there's a toad sitting on the other side of the house and he says, "Take one of my treasure chests or whatever it is that he says." No. Ah! <laughs> I'm toad. All right, fucking toad. Uh, and what you do is you jump down into the middle of the house, and there are three treasure chests down there. And you get to choose which one of those you open. And each house, uh, each world has, like, these different houses that can give you different stuff. Like in World 4, uh, or is it World 4? No, it's Giant World. World uh, World 3. World 3 is the water world. The the mushroom houses there can have frog suits, oh, which yeah. are really useful in a lot of the swimming levels in that world specifically. Um, you can get the raccoon leaves, you can get fire flowers, you can get mushrooms, you can get Danuki suits, you can get Hammer Brother suits, stuff like that later on. And it's just this cool little mini game of like where you're opening a present and you're like, oh, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? What's it going to be? <laughs> and then you luck out and you get a Tanuki suit or something like that. And it's just this awesome sort of mini game in of of one of many in Super Mario Brothers three, and uh, the excitement from opening those chests I'll never forget that. That was a good one. That was a good one. I remember those. Those were good. <clears throat> cool. Good choice. Uh, Jay, what you got? Oh, I got pizza at the door again. Um, my cool. number three is going to be the killing sprees from any Grand Theft Auto, but specifically ah, nice. Yeah, I was like, oh, the killing spree. <laughs> I, I either that or the motorcycle jumps in three. Like those were so, or not the motorcycle jumps, the vehicle ramps in general that you could just fucking ramp off of. But the killing sprees. Oh were always, yeah. It was always like, what badass weapon am I going to get this time? <laughs> mm-hmm. I like the vehicle ramps a whole lot. Yeah, me too. Especially when you had like the the uh, crotch rockets and stuff, you just fly off of them. <laughs> All right, my number two is Galaga in Mortal Kombat 3. I don't even remember what you... It's not Galaga exactly. It's like a game almost exactly like Galaga. Uh, I don't even remember what you do to get to Galaga, but, like, you... I don't know. You play, like, 100 matches in a row or something like that. And when you do, it says, like, you're being taken to another portal or, like, another dimension or something like that. Uh, and then you get to play Galaga. It's, like, really random and really kind of fun. It's, like, one of those things, like, those types of things sort of, like, made the Mortal Kombat series back then. All these little, like, like mini Yeah, games, I remember like, that now. Yeah. yeah, like, little secret stuff that you can I, do. One of the things I actually almost went with, it's funny you mentioned the old Mortal Kombats. I was kind of thinking of Toasty. As a uh, minigame? Sort of, yeah, but it wasn't quite a minigame, so I was like, well, I guess I'll have to leave that out then, never mind. But, uh, yeah, Mortal Kombat used to have a lot of cool Easter eggs like that. Yeah, yeah, they they did. That was really what part of... Like fighting Reptile in the Spike Pit? Yeah, yeah. Mortal Kombat 1? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and another, like, all that stuff kind of combined to, like, there are all these rumors that, like, oh, I wonder if, like, this or that can happen also. And, like, nobody really knew, like, to the, like, what the extent was that you could do, like, special things or maybe, like, unlike characters and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because there was some stuff in there that was just kind of, like, I felt, it felt like <clears throat> they, had, they had some things in the game to make you think that something was possible. Like, some awesome, like, Easter egg or whatever. 
but like yeah, they were pretty actually... bad about the trolling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was a really good series. I, I thought the Galaga mini game was lots of fun. <clears throat> it's not okay. Keep it down over there. The hell's wrong with you? Lisa, stand there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Blake? Um, my number two? Is it time for my number two? I think so. All right. Um, my number two is... Uh, no surprise. You know, it it was difficult to not pick nothing but RPGs for this, because that's part of RPGs is side quest minigame yeah. stuff. Um, so my next two are RPGs, and this one is from Chrono Trigger, and it is uh, the Millennial Fair, or to be more specific, Gato from the Millennial Fair in Chrono Trigger. Um, the whole Millennial Fair has a bunch of side quest stuff where you can go and drink, quote, soda, end quote, in a soda, soda chugging contest. See, <laughs> that's amazing, because here they have the stupid alcohol chugging ones, which I hate. Yeah. Soda's yeah. just so much better. <laughs> soda uh, is harder to chug than alcohol. For you, maybe. Yeah. For me, it's the other around. Soda, like, burns the fuck out of your throat. Alcohol, alcohol tastes like shit. Uh, this is kind of cold, but it's not too bad. Robert, you have a problem. We, we, that's what this podcast is all about. It's a uh, intervention podcast. Dude, the sugar in... Soft drinks, like if you drink that so fast, like it just burns. It just burns. Robert, your excuses are just reaching the limit here, man. I mean, I don't really chug anything. We love you. If I was gonna do it, I would not choose soft. I would not do a soft drink. <laughs> we love you very much. We're really worried about you, Robert. <laughs> we think you have a problem. We think you have a problem, Robert. Too. A lot of people do, but look yeah, at me, yeah. huh? Yeah. Look Six at me. inches of fun. Proving them wrong. Every day, day in, day out. You're done, you're done. Anyway. All right, is it me next? Gato, for those that don't know, like the whole Millennial Fair overall. There's a bunch of cool stuff there. There's also um, this haunted house side exhibit thing. Exhibit? And, uh, it's, good. It's, it's, a, it's very strange. It's not really a mini game entirely, but uh, you can like win cats from it, and the cats go back to your house and hang out there, and that's about that's it. That's on Chrono Trigger? Yeah, yeah. And uh, the best minigame at the entire Millennial Fair is Gato, because he's a big singing robot that you beat the crap out of to earn 15 silver points. And yeah. that is just such an iconic part of that game. I don't know how what they did to make that part so perfectly memorable. I think it's just the fact that Gato tries to sing, but it's 16-bit sound, which doesn't come across so well. And <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh, it, it's... It, Sorry, I'll be in my mind. <laughs> All right. And, uh, yeah, it, it's... Uh, he, he's named... He, his name mean, is Spanish for cat. I mean... Do you think he's... Do you think he's friends with Robo? Uh, I bet they become friends later, you know, when they actually meet. Do they meet? Uh, Robo joins your party and you can go talk to him. No, I'm talking about Robo and Gato. Yeah. Robo joins your party, and then you can have him go see Gato. Nothing special happens, but you can do it. Okay, okay. All right, great. (laughs) 
Okay, Jay. Hi, how are you? Hey. Uh, All right. Shut up, Robert. I'll kill you. Uh, my number two is the Home Run Derby from Super Smash Brothers. Any of them. It doesn't even matter. I'm just kidding. No. The one for GameCube, I, specifically, is the one I spent the most time on. We were talking about this earlier. Will you explain to me how those work? Because I can never hit the damn... It's the like, same way the gameplay bag. works. <laughs> Completely. You get the sandbags damaged. Yeah, you juggle it. As and as then as you hit it with a smash attack, preferably the home run bat that is sitting on the platform with you. And you hit it with the bat once you've done as much damage as you can the objective, before the time runs out. Yeah, the objective is to get as much damage on it in a certain amount of time. So you like you have to come up with different strategies and you know different combinations to get it as low as or get the percentage as high as possible so that it's as weak as possible. And there were a couple characters I don't think you actually used the home run bat on, if I'm not mistaken. There's a few, yeah. yeah. Like I think Captain Falcon, uh, Yoshi, no Yoshi. Used Yoshi, it. I believe you didn't as well actually because he had a superpower swing. And I think Captain Falcon and Ganondorf. I think Ganondorf is the one that came to mind for me, and then I don't think Yoshi does, because what I remember, of course, I didn't keep up with it too much, but I remember Yoshi doing his um, aerial down A attack yeah, for, yeah, for mini yeah, kicks, yeah. and then you do that like four times, and then you grab the bat and you hit him. Yeah, and you just one-shot it off the screen. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think you're right, actually. Yeah, it was really fun. I spent a lot of time with that. We usually like sat in a circle and took turns doing it. It's a good time. I liked, uh, out of those two, I think I preferred the... Um, the tar- break the targets. Break the targets was pretty fun, and then there was the solo missions as well, where you like had to run through the course and stuff. Break the targets yeah. was pretty fun, but it's also really frustrating sometimes. Like Jigglypuffs was. Yeah, the reason I liked the break the targets is because there was like a speed run community that built up around that, yeah. and so my friend and I we would like sit there for an hour or two or three trying to figure out what new strats people were using to cut two seconds off of Young Link's. Uh, time. Yeah. It's kind of cool. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. My number nice. one, Jay, Jay is uh, going to like this. You too? Is uh, Snake vs. the oh, Apes. Oh, jeez. Dude. <laughs> in, uh, in Middle Gear Solid 3. Are you kidding me? Uh, I think this is only on the original version. Um, I'm not sure if it's on any of the like later collected versions of this, but you could um, Metal Gear Solid 3. There was a there was a version of the game. There was like a mini game that you could just play. I think it was actually called Snake vs Monkeys or something like that. But it's you and uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 takes place primarily like in the woods, and you get <laughs> there's like actually a backstory to the mini game. Like the apes from Ape Escape. Like, got loose in the woods, and they're, like, going crazy or something. And the colonel calls you up and, like, basically tells you that you have to go take care of it. Uh, and so you're just, like, walking around trying to find all these, like, goofy-ass-looking monkeys, and then you shoot them with uh, sort of, like... it's. I don't think it's actually the tranquilizer, but it's, like, some other sort of non-lethal firearm that you have. And uh, you shoot the monkeys, and then if you, uh, if you sh- like... Pass all the levels, then you get a uh, an ape, a plastic ape mask that you can wear as uh, while, when you're playing as Snake in the uh, in the real game. And you also wear like banana camouflage on this level. Like I'm gonna let you make some comments about this one, Zolio. Um, really? That your number one mini game? Really? I told you I didn't have a good list. Yeah, you weren't kidding. 
I can't really think of a mini game. I mean, I I enjoyed playing this one. I I love your kind of enjoyed playing Galaga. I semi enjoyed playing the Battleship one that I talked about. Like I I can't I couldn't think of any uh, mini games. So I was just like whoa. But I did have fun playing Snake vs. the Apes from Ape Escape. Especially when you get the monkey mask. That's funny. It's impossible to play the game. Not impossible, but it's it's ridiculous if you actually try to wear the mask while you're playing the game. Because whenever you go into first-person view, it's from behind the mask. So you're just looking at a screen that's completely dark almost, except for these two little holes that you can sort of see out of. It, like... Makes the game a million times harder to play if, uh, maybe not a million, maybe just like 10,000 times harder to play if you're uh, trying to wear the, the mask. Yeah, I like how you're pretending that you're trying to be scientific about this. <laughs> Alright, Blake, try to beat that. Alright, oh, easily. Um, my number one game, mini If game. he has a selection, he beats hers. <laughs> my number one mini game, and the entire reason that I was so stoked when we came up with this idea, uh, is from Super Mario RPG, another game with some pretty cool mini games. Oh yeah! But the one in particular that I liked involves buying a game from a kid in the Mushroom Kingdom Inn for 500 coins, and the game is called Beetle Mania. Hmm. And I don't know why, but I got obsessed with this game. Every time I play this <laughs> game, I get obsessed with it. It is my favorite. I think it's my favorite mini game of all time. It all you do is it's it's like a, a shooter, um, like uh, say similar to Space Invaders or something. But what it does is that you're trying to build up your score as high as you can, and the game never technically ends. What it's doing is you're a little beetle and you're scrolling along a Super Mario World stage uh, as the background, and s- shells are just popping out of the air. And running at you, trying to kill you. And what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to get your chains and your combos as high as you can. Because uh, when you shoot one of the shells, what it'll do is it'll spawn uh, a little explosion, a little star explosion. And if that explosion hits one of the other shells, it gets a chain and it levels up your chain. And each individual explosion, like let's say that you have three shells and you shoot the middle one and they're all really close to each other and the middle one explodes and it hits the two on the side. Each of those chains, like that's two separate chains on each side of the explosion. So the one to the left, that becomes a a tier two chain. It's times two points. And the one on the right does the same exact thing. It's times two points. If If those explode further... The ones that you uh, just blew up through your first explosion, if they hit another shell, their chain is going to level up again, and it doubles in the score from there. So it goes up to times four from that. And then it just keeps going and going and going and stacking up. Eventually, once you get your score high enough, the screen is just constantly filled completely with shells. So all you have to do is you basically sit in a corner of the screen And you wait and you let the screen get filled up. If you get hit, what can happen is that you have enough time to mash the button. You, uh, it counts up to three once you get hit by a shell. If the timer, if the count reaches three, that's it. Your run is over. You're done, but you can mash your fire button. And if you mash it fast enough, you'll resurrect. But the next time you get hit again, it's going to take you longer to come back. 
And so you get hit a few times and you let more shells onto the screen and more shells and more shells and more shells until all you have to do is fire off one shot and the entire screen gets exploded. And I think <laughs> if I remember correctly, the max chain that you can get up to is times 128. And at that point, like there are just explosions going off. And I'm not kidding. The whole screen is filled with shells. It's like 50 shells on the screen. And so you blow that them all up, so and there's this giant chain reaction. And it's just like, and there's a chance that whenever you kill a shell, it drops a heart. And when you pick the hearts up, it makes it so that you can resurrect faster again, so that the next time you get hit, um, you require less button presses to come back to life. So basically, you just make this, these giant chain reactions, and you collect the hearts as they drop, and then you go sit in the corner again, and you repeat it over and over and over. And I don't know why, but I just absolutely fucking love that minigame. It's the most addicting little minigame for me, for some reason. I can see that. I can understand that. <laughs> sounds like a, uh, it does, it sounds addicting. I'm a fan. I mean, okay, I guess Jay, there's a lot of other ones, there's like, there's Chocobo breeding in Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> there, all right. Well, there's not Blitzball in ten. Um, that's an awful mini game. Like yeah. And uh, like, I even yeah. thought of like something from Final Fantasy Tactics, the uh, the jobs where you send people out from the bar. I was thinking about that actually. Oh yeah. And I was like, that's kind of a mini game, but I kind of hate it because of how much of a pain in the dick it is. <laughs> There was a card game in Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Like, a mini, you could, like, go around and collect cards and play this game. Oh, my, yeah. Wait, wait, which game are you talking about, sir? Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was thinking of Final Fantasy IX when you said that. Not even joking. Because <laughs> <laughs> it has a very similar thing to it. You'd... Yeah, but I said... I just came in Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, and you're like, oh, I was thinking of Final Fantasy IX. Hmm. I was actually thinking of, like, Chocobo Hot and Cold from that, too, but I don't like that. What I do like from Final Fantasy IX's minigames was um, the uh, the treasure maps hmm. that you would get from yeah. Chocobo Hot and Cold. Those are kind of cool. They give you, like, the visual, and you have to, like, figure out where it is. Yeah. I, sometimes that could be very frustrating, but I still like the minigame overall. So, yeah. Okay. Right. Rob, what's yeah. your or Rob? Uh, Jay, what's your number one? Uh, Do you want to talk one, about Snake vs. Monkeys some more? No. I'm leaving the call, by the way. Uh, my number one is from uh, Might and Magic Eight. It was a card game called Archimage, and uh, it was a really it, it was really cool. It was like it was such a random thing. Like it, it, every innkeeper, the first time you played them or every time you talked to them, they would ask you to play Archimage, which is like this kind of not simplistic, but just car, it was a card game. And uh, the first time you beat them, they give you gold for it. And it was, like, really, really smart to do because early on money is, like, really, really tight and it helps a lot, especially when you get to a new area. Um, but the card game, it was pretty intricate. It had three different resource types. It was, like, Magic, uh, Quarry, and I forget what the third one was, uh, something else. And um, and then you had three production resources. And those three production resources would produce the other three resources. And, wow. the object- and then you had a tower and a wall. And it was, like, this really kind of intricate card game that for a mini game was really really fun and some of the NPCs obviously as you got as you progressed through the game uh became more and more difficult to defeat them and there was actually a quest you got cuz it was like an RPG style game where you'd you'd have to defeat every single innkeeper uh within a certain amount of time it was like kind of like a, a tournament style 
And it was really fun, and it took me actually a couple tries to do it, especially towards the, the latter stages of the tournament. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of your opponents were, like, super, super smart. And they, did, they it wasn't, like, as they got more difficult, they cheated more, like they do in most old-school video games. They actually, like, played more intelligently and, and, you know, played development cards instead of just, like, running at you with their forehead down oh. and hoping that they'd win. That's interesting. Yeah, it was really cool. Really enjoyed it. And I still, me and my little brother, my little brother and I are huge fans of the, that specific game and that whole series, so we go back and play it every once in a while. That does sound pretty cool. Yeah, it's well done. I was expecting All right. one of the uh, Final Fantasy X mini games, actually. I was thinking about I was, that, but uh, I was expecting a hundred times more of the Final Fantasy VII ones. I thought about it, but so those games were this? fun. But I mean, you know, like like we talked about before the podcast, we wanted a specific game, so I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to talk about. A specific one in the in the Gold Saucer Arena, I would I would talk about it as a whole. Okay, yeah, because none of those games were really that great. Like, but yeah, yeah, it's kind of like the Millennial yeah. Fair and Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, we got email this week. Whoa, oh, it's past two weeks. Cool. In fact, we got one just like three hours ago or something. Neat. But first, there's this other one. You want me to read it? Okay, I will. This came uh, from... This is from CJ. CJ says, uh, I just wanted to drop a line. Love the show. Makes my commute, which is about an hour one way, much nicer. I haven't listened to the back catalog, so forgive me if you've already talked about these games, but here are some of my all-time faves from high school. I'd love to hear your take on... Or maybe you guys have played or could play someday. First, I always loved the KOEI games. What's Koei. that? Um, Koei. Stuff like Dynasty, Dynasty Warriors, which, mm-hmm. yeah, we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Specifically, the Uncharted Waters 2, New Horizons, as well as ROTK4. Uh, that's Romance of the Three Kingdoms, Romance which is Kingdoms. Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, oh, but it, it's, uh, the ROTK games are very different from Dynasty Warriors. ROTK the, the, is more like yeah. um, tactics, isn't it? Uh, no, that's the um, starts with a K. I want to say, hmm. but there are Dynasty Warrior games that are like tactics games, sort of. Um, Romance of the Three Kingdoms are more like uh, political army based stuff. There's a lot more like you take people as prisoner and stuff, kind of like I guess. I don't know, maybe like um, Mountain Blade. That's what uh, Dynasty Warriors is based off, though, correct? The story? That's what it's based Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, okay. The original story is called Romance of the Three Kings. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead, Robert. Um, no, is there anything else? Because I haven't played... I've played, like, one Dynasty Warrior game for, like, five minutes, but... Um, I'll probably play one, actually, for this next one. I really enjoy those but games. But do you guys... So you guys like those games? I don't know. If, yeah. Oh, you do? Okay, I love those games. I used to play them as well. Yeah, I love them, yeah. Okay. I've got exactly. Dynasty Warriors 7 on I even like Steam. Samurai Warriors. Samurai Warriors was pretty fucking fun. Samurai Warriors 2 was amazing. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Like It was actually like difficult stuff. He says he gives an honorable mention to Liberty or Death. I don't know that. I know Not the either. name, but I've never played them. I, also, I I'm a, also, I'm a huge XCOM UFO defense fan and was recently discovered Delighted to discover Open XCOM and its efforts not only to port XCOM to modern OSs but also the mod community. 
Uh, yeah, I haven't played the original XCOM for basically that same reason. I, I've wanted to, um, but I haven't... I mean, it's, it's not officially out in any version. I haven't really gone looking for it in any other way yet, but uh, this open XCOM thing sounds like it might be interesting. Have any of y'all, neither of you guys have played the original XCOM? No, I didn't play that. Is that the Navy SEALs thing, or am I thinking the wrong thing? Okay. Yeah, it's it's like a, it's kind of like a, uh, it's like a, how would you describe it, Blake? It's like a strategy, it's like a, a military strategy sort of, but it's not like you're building a base and stuff. It's like you got your little army of a few guys and you're like... Yeah, you, you've got like a special aliens. forces unit that is supposed to go and kill aliens. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, sorry. Sorry, CJ, I have not played the original XCOM, but I, <clears throat> I really do want you. I'll check into this open XCOM thing as well. Uh, he says, one more thing, I'm a huge Fallout 2 nerd and would love to love to hear your guys' take on that game. Fallout 2? Didn't you play Fallout 2? I played Fallout 1. That's what it was. And I, I've like, really... played both of them a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I've talked about it on here before. I just don't like it because it, um, the UI feels extremely dated. Mm-hmm. It's very frustrating to play. Yeah, that's... I haven't uh, played Fallout 2, but I did play Fallout 1 on one episode... And basically, I felt the same way. Like, I played it for a few hours, and I just, like, really just couldn't take it anymore. It was super slow-paced, and, like, I hate how you fight one rat, and it takes, like, three minutes to complete a battle with a rat, just because you keep missing it. Like, the very beginning of the game, you come out, and, like, you you come out of your vault, and there's all these... uh... All these rats just hanging out outside there, of course. Yeah. Big surprise. But then, like, it takes forever to fight them. And it just feels... It makes me feel like a complete asshole. (laughs) Yeah, I just didn't... I just couldn't really take much of Fallout 1. I might check out Fallout 2 at some point, but it probably won't be for a while. Um, And then he says, uh, Sorry if it's too long, but again, love you guys. And geez, give Robert a break once in a while. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, that's who's getting all the flack, Robert. Really, Kill yeah. Maybe if he didn't talk about Metal Gear Solid, literally every stream or every <laughs> podcast. Being the guy that always caught flack in my group, I am sympathetic. Oh my god! That's what he says, Robert. Finally, like- someone, someone who sees the world from my point of view. Kill yourself, Robert. <clears throat> no, you're not doing. You're not doing a good job. Uh, this okay. is a fan request. It's made a very simple request. Right, I'm going to send you an email from yeah, we've a fan. Been pretty bad about those. So he wants you to uh, kill I Robert. Go to him to basically admire me. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god! Did you email in by yourself? Like, did you send this? <laughs> <to Robert? laughs> Be nice to Robert. By the way, Metal Gear Solid's great. <laughs> <laughs> Love our ring. I wonder who that. By the way, be. I read his book and it's awesome. Everybody should go out oh. and buy it. <laughs> <laughs> there's not there's not a typo on the back of the cover. <laughs> not. Don't don't try to fight it. Thanks and keep up the great work. That's what he says. I think that part was probably just to me. I really doubt that, especially. Yeah, I do too. There you go again. 
Thanks, CJ, for the Yeah, email. you were just disrespecting us, so don't even try and do this. <laughs> Thanks, CJ. And we have one more. This is from Jeffrey Watcher. Or I don't think that's... I think it's Wachter. I'm not really sure. But anyway, he... Uh, he's, this is the same guy, by the way, who, who left us that <laughs> sick review on iTunes that oh, we read, I think nice. it was last time. Yeah. yeah. So he sent us an email... Um, oh, actually, before I read this, because I, I know I'll forget if I don't say this right now. Uh, on Twitter, user core underscore of underscore Bray, uh, she said Brie. she left us Bree. I, I think that's Bree. It's it should be core of Apple. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> she left us. God damn it, Robert! <sighs> this she is why us. he gets some flack. A review on iTunes, but it's not showing up because it's on the Canadian version, and I can't find it anywhere, so I can't read it. But thank you, Core of Bree. Robert confirmed racist against Canadians. Yep. He can't even Corf find a review for him. He doesn't even want to look at it. For leaving us a review. Yeah, that was really nice, though. Regardless of Robert yeah. being. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. I love you. Um. So anyway, so back to Jeffrey's email. Which we this is this is this is breaking news email because he just sent it a couple hours ago. I was watching Slack on Twitch and he mentioned recording a pod, so I uh, rushed off to send this in. Okay, so this is a uh, this is a view of yours, Slackerholicus. Nice. Um, How you know? I will warn. Huh? I was talking to Blake. Sorry. Okay, I will warn you right now that this email is going to be long. No, trust me, we have had longer emails than yeah. this. <laughs> Uh, not Robert Ringlong, but long for any normal person. <laughs> what the fuck? All right. I discovered, uh, I discovered oh. the podcast. Remember, we're trying to do this thing where we don't make fun of Robert anymore. I discovered the podcast. Yeah, we tried that. It didn't work. <laughs> I discovered the podcast about three weeks ago when searching for podcasts talking about Breath of Fire 3. After listening to that episode, I went... This is amazing. I went back to the beginning, and I'm almost caught up now. Everybody does that. I don't know what it is about our podcast. Is This This is not common for podcasts in general, is it? For I don't think listeners? so. But, I, I don't mean, think so I, either. This is my first one, so... Wait, wait. Say that, what, what was the whole thing? We have so many listeners who discover the podcast, and then they go back and start at episode one and listen to the whole, like, catch up oh. every episode. Uh, which is just, I mean, I think it's really cool. It's just really interesting because I've never heard of people doing that on any other podcast. It's really, it's just really interesting to me. But yeah, totally cool. Um, so he found us because he was looking for Breath of Fire. After listening to that episode, I went back to the beginning and I'm almost caught up now. I just replayed Breath of Fire 3 and was a bit let down. I really enjoyed my playthrough, but I have long considered it my third favorite game of all time and it did not live up to my memory. I guess that means I Final Huh, go ahead. I, I totally agree with that. When I went back and played it, it was just... It was still a good game. I still enjoyed it, but it it has not aged well. Now that, like, the writing in it is very not so great. I, I still think the combat and everything is fun. The world is fun. I enjoy all that. But the story in Breath of Fire 3 was not very good the last time I played it. Okay. I couldn't remember what your conclu what conclusion you came to on that when you played it. I, but I do remember playing it for the podcast. Uh, he says, I guess that means Final Fantasy Tactics. You guys should be happy about that. 
moves into the top three behind Chrono Trigger. Fuck Robert for not finishing that. <laughs> and Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I like this guy. Yeah, I do too. Especially the big middle finger to Robert. And those are like those are like y'all's three favorite games, basically. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Also. Some of I wouldn't say that they're my absolute favorites. Yeah, Robert. <laughs> like it's hard for me to just pick a favorite. Yeah. My number one is probably like Final Fantasy Tactics for a lot of reasons, but after that, I don't, I don't really have a list of any kind. Okay. Yeah, Robert. God. We're an yeah, artist. Suck on right? that nerd. Suck <laughs> on that nerd. <laughs> Got him. You like that? I absolutely absolutely love this podcast, as was elicited in the iTunes review I posted, which you read on the last pod. I have a child and a busy life and don't have time, don't have a lot of time for video games, so listening to you guys talk about the games I loved and grew up with is awesome. Thanks for reminding me of how fun Maximum Carnage, Cool Spot, and... Cool Spot? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade the arcade game were, and how terrible and broken Jurassic Park and Sonic Spinball oh, were. Oh my god! <laughs> we have to talk about that Jurassic Park game again. <laughs> Ever? Yeah, cool spot. That's a uh, that's that's even better than Chester Cheetah. Whoa! Don't hate on Chester. Saves the day or whatever. He's, he's dangerously food. cheesy, and he makes some good food. <laughs> Dank yeah, but the, but the cool spot things wear sunglasses. Oh, I guess Chester cheated us too, doesn't he? <laughs> Lawyered. Lawyered. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I even enjoy hearing about the games I never played from genres like point-and-click adventures. There you go. Uh. And, and space combat sims. Hell yeah. Sorry I called them flight sims. <laughs> 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 that was, I think, in his iTunes review. I never played any of those since I don't have shitty taste in games. Kill yourself. Get <laughs> <laughs> shit on. Get oh shit on, Robert. Rip, Robert. Rip. That was a Rip complete ring. Force right there. <laughs> Rip ring. His name was Robert Ring. His name was Robert Ring. His name ring. was Robert Ring. <laughs> <laughs> that was Rip a complete ring. Trojan Rip horse. Ring, boys. Rip Ring. He eased his way in there and then just let loose. Ooh, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, you did. <laughs> I was like, high school graduate. Uh, uh, okay, so this isn't the end of the email yet, but thanks anyway for uh, telling us about how, for, for telling it, for for the compliments on the podcast. Um, <laughs> I recently bought a few new games on eBay, thanks in part to inspiration from the pod. Right now, I am working on my first play of Secret of Evermore. I love you, Jay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> what the fuck is this? And after that will be Setsu 3, You're the Best, Blake. <laughs> yeah. That's literally just the biggest fuck you email to Robert ever. We get this email from this guy like, you guys are too hard on Robert. Come on. <laughs> and this guy's like, Jay, you rock. Blake, you rock. Robert, fuck you. Get out. Blake, have you seen this yet? Oh, this this is this is literally how I feel right now to Robert. <laughs> have What's you seen this? it? Back- <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some of it. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right there, right there. 
um, okay, so so right now I'm working my first play of Secret of Evermore. After that will be Seiken Densetsu 3, followed by Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater. Oh, oh what? Shut <laughs> up, Robert. out of here. Get out of here. That is a really like, gonna... best Metal Gear game, though, so... Yeah. Best of the best power shit ever. It is, and so... <laughs> He had to include the shut up Robert after that. Anyhow, keep doing what you're doing and bringing joy and laughter into my life and those like me. I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. The podcast is one of my absolute favorites, and I am so happy to be on board. I really do enjoy all of your takes, even you, Robert. (laughs) (laughs) Even you, Robert, in parentheses. I'm just picking on you to try to get Jay to like me. (laughs) Oh, it's done. Done. I'm in love. Yeah, that was, that's easy. Uh, expect more emails from me in the future. Uh, and then he gave us his top three mini games: three Breath of Fire, three Fishing. Two. Okay, I kind of thought about some of the fishing games in those, and I thought about like actually to go with Breath of Fire. I thought of the um when you're like kind of building your village in uh, Breath of Fire Two is really cool because what you do is that there there's a limited number of houses that you can bring people in for, and you're for each house, like certain people only want to live in certain houses in your town. And it's really cool because like you have to pick and choose uh, between all these different merchants, all these different people that can offer you different services and stuff to bring them into your town. And I will, I've always really thought that was uh, pretty fun, but Breath of Fire also does tend to have some pretty good, um, pretty good fishing mini games too. And Breath of Fire threes was pretty fun. Okay. The number two is Swickenden 2 Chef Battle. My brother and I used to watch the Japanese Iron Chef together, and when I got this game, we spent countless hours just doing the chef battles and watching each other. The dice game is probably better, but this is nostalgic for me. Have you ever played this, uh, Blake? Yeah, I've played, I've played Swickenden 2. I don't remember the chef battle that much. I remember it being a thing, but I never, I never did too much with it myself. Okay. And I haven't played Swicked in 2 yet either. Or I haven't if played I did it, 2 yet myself. And then he says number one is Final Fantasy VIII card game. Yeah, see, that's what I was talking about. Final Fantasy VIII and the card games were really fun. Yeah, I was I was uh, expecting you to have one of the card games. I thought about it, but I, I really liked my list. <clears throat> Good variety. I didn't want to do all RPGs. Like, I'm always nervous about that. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. No mom spaghetti and all. He says even though... <laughs> FF8 is my least favorite in the series. And Dude, this guy is me. Did I email you on accident? <laughs> <laughs> so the first email was from Robert, and now this one's from you. All right. Yeah. Hey, His I first name you. starts with a J and ends in Y. That's a really Jesus. Yeah. That's pretty crazy, actually. Uh, what I didn't like about Triple Triad, it was Triple Triad in 8, right? Triple Triad? What does that mean? Is that the the card game. In I didn't know that's what it was called, but... Yeah, I'm you know, sure that's what it was Final Fantasy, which one was, uh, oh, shit. Final Fantasy X had that really fun coin game. That was really fun. It was a little was bit RNG based. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, like, no, 10-2, I really 10-2, 10-2, like that. the card game in 8 yeah. because um, unless you like play it right early on, you can like make it so that it's really, really hard to play it later because the, um, <clears> like, Rules can get made global yeah, so that everybody that. you play against is using them and stuff. 
And I, ah, man, there were just so many frustrating aspects to it that I could never get into it myself. He says that uh, Final Fantasy VIII is possibly his most hated game of all time. Jesus. That's that man with taste. Single. I mean, I'm not a fan of the game by any means, but damn. So anyway, uh, Jeffrey, thanks for the awesome email. I don't think I like you very much, but... (laughs) (laughs) I love you. I love you. Fuck Robert. Yeah, Jay definitely does. I think you're a fuckwad, but uh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, but thanks for the email. Right at any time. I'll just have you blocked from uh, emailing us ever again. (laughs) Uh, next time I'll just move the names around. Um, but also, but seriously, thanks for the awesome uh, review on iTunes again also, because that was pretty uh, amazing. Uh, yeah, send us, send us another email whenever you want to. Clearly, we need more emails. Although we've, we've gotten back to a streak. I think we're like on a two-episode streak now. I talked about <laughs> that streak right there. Isn't that something? On Facebook now. Huh? At least once a week. Shane Sanderson, the guy what? who emails us a lot. I talk to him on uh, Facebook every like. Oh week. yeah. Yeah, he's so cool. We should have a contest to see who can uh, lavish us with the most praise. I'm pretty sure that guy just won. Just <laughs> yeah, there's no competition anymore. It's over. <laughs> uh, and that's all the emails this week. Cool. So once again, thanks. Jeffrey, thanks. Uh, C- was it CJ? It's the guy. <laughs> what, what is it again? What's his name? Uh, J- Jeffrey? Yeah, that guy. See, it was CJ. I know. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I see that. So send, send us. You can be as cool as these guys. Or oh, cool oh come on, talk Robert. about me. Oh, cool. kill yourself, Robert. Um, you need a gun. Let so me do that. You got to send an email to mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. It can be about whatever the hell you feel like talking about. That's mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. You guys want to wrap this up with uh, current gaming subcast? Sure. What have you been playing, Robert? Uh, more Pillars of Eternity. Cool. I also... Uh, there, what, what, oh, oh, oh. Uh, over the weekend, I finished... Or I, pl- I started and finished uh, The Walking Dead 400 Days expansion. Or That's the point like adventure, right? basically yeah i've heard that yeah it really is good um point and click i mean it's kind of point and click like it's 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 very story driven though right yes yeah yeah okay that's what i've heard i've heard Uh, it's really yeah yeah it's like i really loved the walking like the first uh telltales walking dead game i haven't played the walking dead season two or whatever they're calling it uh 400 Days is the DLC for the first game, and I hadn't played it until just now. And it was not, it was, it wasn't bad at all. It was, it was all right, but it wasn't nearly as good as like the as the base uh, Walking Dead game. Partly, like it's split up into, it's basically like I think five like mini stories, like basically kind of like short stories where you're like. This, this or that random character, and then you're just kind of like, you know, going through like one little scene in this person's life. And, uh, like for me, like, I think the reason I didn't like it as much is because, like, when you play the first Walking Dead, the main character is really a pretty, like, vanilla guy just on his own. And so it's really easy to, 
like put yourself in the game and like it's it's like think of you as him sure. like, kind of sure. represents you in the game and so when you're making these decisions and stuff like these these really hard choices about what are you going to do in this situation what are you going to do in this situation it's like you're really thinking to yourself and asking yourself oh shit what would I do right now and trying to like just do the best you can with the shitty options that you have <laughs> but when you're uh with this format, when we're switching really quickly among five different characters, it's a little bit like the feeling is is a little bit different. You're you're more set in the mindset not of like what would I do, but like who is this character? What do what do I think he should? What do I think he should do? And it's not like as compelling because you're not really thinking it through for yourself. You're just kind of being like, okay, what do I think this this guy should do here, as opposed to what would I do here. So, uh, and, and then also just since they're so short, the sort the story's not as strong, like none of, the, none of the stories really have time to build up to anything. Um, so, but I mean, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't nearly as good as like the original, uh, Walking Dead game was. And then, like I said, besides that, just been playing Pillars of Eternity. How about you guys? Uh, I st- I've been playing Life is Strange a lot, which is that Square Enix game I told you guys a little bit about last time. My older brother and I are going to finish. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's available so far. I enjoyed it so far. I think the story, the story is pretty cool. Um, it's nice to see Square Enix do more adult-oriented content. When I say adult-oriented, I mean the dialogue is more adult-based. And I don't know if there's certain aspects of it that I really like so far. Um, other than that, I've been playing a lot of board games like Catan and stuff with family and friends. So I've always enjoyed board games like that. Sweet. Is Life is Strange, I know a little bit about that. Is it kind of puzzly? Uh, a little bit. So basically it's it's about time travel, and so you, you basically go, something will happen, like an event, uh, somebody will die or something, and you can go back in time and redo everything you did up to those steps to try and alter the event, and you might end up altering something completely different that, that you didn't mean to, and then you may have to go back and try and do it again. You can literally just fuck yourself into a corner if you're not, not careful, essentially. It's pretty fun. Okay. Cool. Blake? Mm-hmm. That's me. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, God, what have you I been playing? Yeah, oh, I can't hear you. What the hell? I'm going to have to restart <laughs> the call, I think. Hold on a sec. Hello? There we go. Yeah, I don't know what happened. My headset just stopped working. I'm having terrible technical difficulties. You were like, like we were still talking, and you are like, hello? You guys there? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I couldn't hear you guys. I couldn't hear you. That's the problem. Yeah. I don't think uh, Blake made it into the call again. It's fine. I'll call him again. Oh, I think it's working. Hello. Yeah, sorry about that. It's I working! No Anyways, uh, it's a pretty cool game. Enjoying it so far. I'll let you know once I get through the second and third part. I think there's only three parts available right now, and the last two will be released over time. Um, but it kind of leaves you on a really, really good cliffhanger. Oh, I didn't with. know that. Hold on. Yeah, they're releasing it in, in pieces. <clears throat> okay, cool. So far, so good. And yeah, like Blake. how Telltale does with Walking Dead, etc. Yeah. Um, For me, I'm trying to think if I've been playing much besides... Well, okay, all right. I've been playing something a little bit. Um, I've been doing a lot of Witcher Three, uh, of course. Yeah, I've oh, yeah. actually most of that has been offline for me. I'm at fifty three hours right now, and I'm only level fourteen. And you can get up to like level forty or something. Just see how much. The right, money how many hours? Fifty. I'm at fifty three hours shit. right now. I'm Damn. probably going to be able to break a hundred hours on this. That game has the best reviews I've seen of a game in the longest time and they made so much money off of it already Me too. they sold four yeah. million copies in two yeah. weeks they they yeah. spent like 50 million dollars making it and sold like what four yeah you said like four million copies and then mm-hmm. they were comparing it to destiny where they spent 500 million dollars on it yeah oh, shit it's a really good they didn't game. spend that much on destiny did they that's what i saw 
they, I, they've so, they spent a lot on it. I don't know exact numbers, but Destiny, uh, uh, no, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if it's that much. I'm googling. I saw it on Reddit a couple days ago. If it's five hundred, yeah, Witcher Three is really good, but it's not as good as I was hoping. Like after a while, once you get to the hang of the combat, I'm playing through on the highest difficulty, which is also making things a lot harder on me, okay. and meaning I'm having to replay some sections a lot of times. But um, the writing is amazing. The combat can get really kind of boring after a while, which I wasn't expecting. Because like, what happens is that you have your sword swings, you have two different sword swings. You have a fast attack and you have a strong attack. And then you have two ways of avoiding damage. One of those ways is by rolling, and the other is by parrying. The thing is, you basically only use each of those defensive maneuvers against one enemy type. Uh, you use the parrying maneuver whenever you're fighting enemies that are that you're using your steel sword against, and you use the uh, rolling and evasive maneuvers, the dodging against uh, monster types that you're using your silver sword against. So it's basically hit them, dodge or parry, hit them, dodge or parry, hit them, dodge or parry, and you've it it falls into a really boring rhythm of that sometimes. Um, it can help when once you like start to unlock some other stuff. It can help when you're being um, when you're using your signs a lot. The build that I went, um, it doesn't like develop my signs that much, so I've only really got one or two signs that I ever want to use in combat. So it's a fairly limited gameplay experience, which is it's not um, it's not quite as good as I was expecting especially with a lot of the bugs that it's launched with. Like, there was this one time I ran up to a bandit, and I pulled my sword out, and then I fell through the earth. Nice. And I just kept falling forward, <laughs> so I had to reload my save, which thankfully I had saved about five seconds beforehand. But I was like, that's a... I just fell right through there. Okay, huh. Fun. Then... Everybody disappeared again. You guys hear me? Can you all hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. Okay, I think that was... I, I lost my connection that time. Okay. <laughs> oh, suck. oh, darn. Shut up, Blake. You had that thunderstorm the one night. That was terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I was the one that was actually next to it. Imagine how I felt. Like a little girl. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Listen here, you little bitch. Wow. So anyway, Witcher 3... Witcher 3, it's good, but I so far I've not been enjoying it as much as Witcher 2. The writing is a lot of fun, especially once you actually get into parts that are written. Because most of my time has been spent exploring the world and finding um, all of the question marks on the map and exploring them and all this shit. Which is kind of a wrong way to play it, unfortunately. But I know that now, after 50 hours. 43. Um mm. But when you're actually doing the missions, when you're doing the quests, when you're taking on Witcher contracts and all this stuff, there's a lot of really, really good, uh, fun writing. Like, um, I think I talked about it last time. The fetch quests in the game don't feel like fetch quests. I, there was literally this one quest where I had to go to a battlefield and find a guy's, try to find a guy's dead brother, assuming he was dead. And, it was actually still all very interesting because you get the contract. You go talk to the guy, and he's like, look, my brother's dead. I've got this dog. I want to go try to sniff out his corpse. Would you please come help me take watch my back, help me find him? You're a witcher. You've got these heightened senses and stuff. And so you go and you help him, and you're around this battlefield, and then you, you go and you find where his brother is. And you talk to him and the other guy there, and you get all these story details. And it's like choices on choices on choices on to choices with all of this um, – 
not entirely boring side quest stuff. It's mm-hmm. not just go kill these enemies. It's I want you to kill these enemies and I've got this characterization of me being a giant asshole or me being very relatable, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, it's, it makes the game very, very easy to just play hour after hour of. Hmm, cool. I still haven't played uh, Witcher 2 yet, but like, what I, from what I've heard, the combat wasn't like very strong in that one either. Is that... I enjoyed it when I played through it, but I don't remember it in retrospect, so I don't know. Um, it's really weird because I've heard that from a lot of other people. They don't they don't like the game. They don't like the um, the combat in Witcher Two, and I, I think the main thing I remember anyway, me personally, about the Witcher Two combat was that people thought it was too hard, and there were definitely times where it was hard, but I wasn't super upset about it. Like, I enjoyed the challenge that Witcher 2 had. And then mm-hmm. I kind of want to go back and see what it was like to compare it to 3 and see what all was changed. And if I'm just uh, remembering it being better than it was. Okay. I think it helps that Witcher 2 also wasn't a game based around the combat. And the way that I'm playing Witcher 3 right now, where I'm going around and exploring all these question marks, finding all these unknown landmarks around the map, uh-huh. that's basically forcing me into combat over and over and over and over and over. Instead of focusing on the game's storytelling, the game's characters, the choices that you make, etc. So it could just be that. Maybe that's my the reason I'm not enjoying uh, Witcher 3 quite as much as Witcher 2. Okay. That's a valid opinion. Mm. We all done? Is that it? Are we we done? I think so. I think that's everything. All right. Well, that's going to do it. What's our next top three? Oh, uh, I actually have two ideas. Um, I was thinking, what if we did top three games that have held up very well throughout the years? Oh, wow. And... Ooh, and then man. top, and then we could also do top three that were like super awesome when they came out, but they have not held up. <laughs> I kind of like the second one more personally because I don't I know. Like I think them both. Those are both very good. We should do one and then the other. I think. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay with that. Okay. Well, let's since Jay, uh, since Jay likes the other one more, we'll start off with the one ones that were really good. There you go. For their time, but they have not held up well. Oh, so wow. classic okay. games. Top three classic hmm. games that were really good, but have but basically suck now. If you go back and try to play them. Hmm. Interesting. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I'm gonna have to write this down. So I guess that does it for this episode. I think that pretty much does it. Anything else? We're leaving any uh, any stones unturned, any loose ends untied. Uh, nothing I can think of. All right, then. Jay? Now I'm going to go to sleep. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Once again, uh, mail us at mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. But whatever you want to say, our website is classicgaming.com. Follow classicgamingpodcast.com, that is. Follow us on Twitter at classgamescast. Uh, Check out Blake's stream at twitch.tv slash slackaholicus. Hey, that's me. Mm-hmm. I think that about does it. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Peace. Later, y'all. Oh.
Oh, you ended on a y'all? Oh. That's good, wasn't it? We're both very disappointed in you, Robert. <laughs>